So welcome back to another After Dark special. I guess we're calling these bonus episodes. This is our chance to sit down, kick back, have a drink or two, and talk about what just happened. We have tonight the, I guess, co-writer, co-imaginer. I don't know. What's the worst software phrase or business corporate phrase we could use An to imagineer. talk about your title, John? Uh, imagineer. Yeah, imagineer sounds right. I always dislike That's the good. term co-writer, though, because you do actual, all the actual writing, and I just do the ideas. Well, like the physical action of the writing, but but your ideas I'm an ideas are, uh, man. Fuel, fueling the machine, fueling the machine. So as a co-imagineer... I like to think of Chris as the doer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as, a, as the co-imagineer for Goodfellow, we have John Shields back to, to chat. With the, with the team. You might remember John was on for our first After Dark after we finished up Operation Crown Jubilee, which he also helped co-imagine. So John, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I have not forgiven anybody for the death of Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kept him alive. You're welcome. In, in the bumpers of the show, so, you know, he's still there. John, did you listen to Operation Goodfellow? I have listened to most of Operation Goodfellow. What was your least favorite part, and why was it Ryan? <laughs> it's always Ryan, isn't it? Uh, if you want this conversation to go well for you, John, you better change that tune. <laughs> you don't understand the power that Michael has over these casts, man. You better fucking change up quick, because okay. this gets ugly quick. And I, I can't I can't remove those parts. No, it's They just sound like unedible. giant scratches on the reel. Yeah, I, I can't get rid mm-hmm. of them. We record directly to wax cylinder in this house. <laughs> That's great. Beautiful. Time out of tradition. Well, I mean, let's pretend that was a serious question. What was your least favorite part of what you've heard so far? I don't know that I had a least favorite part. I think you guys nice. have been handling it pretty well. What was nice. your least favorite How part? How irritating was the second attempt at uh, getting a train going, a dance train? <laughs> oh, I don't think he's there yet. So, there. you know, oh, just magic. a note for, for our, our audience, like we're recording this in the middle of of publishing Goodfellow. And so John hasn't had a chance to hear what these Drongases get up to mm. during, you know, really get into destroying the creative landscape that he helped craft. But Eric, if you would like to talk about what you did during the party, he, he may blanch or, or have a, a grimace or, or even just this revulsion in his face uh, <laughs> once you tell him. Here I go. So Prentice uh, did a little social engineering and got himself a, a conga line going, and it and it worked well. We got a lot of people, you know, focused on him, and uh, and then he had to extract himself poorly from that to go. I don't remember do what, and then tried again to get another conga line going and got shoved in a pool, and that was Chris punishing me, obviously. I mean, uh, <laughs> it sounds like it ended up being a perfectly cromulent distraction. Cromulent indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that ended up okay for you, Prentice. I think I'm still stuck on John having not listened to the whole thing. Well, there's an opportunity here. H- how about this? So, John, <laughs> you, knowing knowing how this is all break, and you're going to listen to the rest. <laughs> <of it. laughs> no, knowing how it's all supposed to play out, are there any moments that you you would like to ask us about? Say, how did you handle? There we go. X Y Z. Is there something something like that we could do? Way to make lemonade out of lemons, John. There That's, you go. I mean, my my. First, very. The first question was how we got the distraction going, but I've already <laughs> got an idea of that happening. Now. Oh, that wasn't even it. <laughs> no, no, that was that was. He was correct. I punished him for constantly creating conga lines during that scene, which I got very. I tired thought it was of. fucking hilarious. The, the distraction was, was like, so much worse. You. 
Yeah, yeah. Marconi killed Marconi, a guy. Who is who is not joining us this evening? Uh, murdered someone. Yeah. Well, he didn't murder him. The yeah, guy kind of murdered himself, yeah. didn't he? Uh, honestly, it was the most amazing thing. The guy's like coked up and having a rip roaring time dancing on a big glass table, and Marconi was like. Hey, do a flip. Do a back. Do a back. The guy fucking crit failed that shit and uh, killed himself on a glass so table. So I, w- I was just informed via, I think it's called SMS, mm-hmm. um, that Marconi has awoken from his slumber. Oh, perfect. And he will be joining us within seconds to regale in first person from his own perspective the, the terrible murder of one of our most beloved NPCs. What was his name? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even think Chris remembers. Gary Korvac. That's who it is. So Marconi will be here in an hour. Until then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, um, I'm actually surprised. He told me he, he was going to be here audio. right now, and it's still not happening. It's been thoroughly so not I, right now. I, apo- I apologize. That's okay. For my uh, optimism. Based off of information I was hand-fed. John Shields, when you were um, imagineering this scenario, was there a particular part you were co imagineering Co-imagineering. Co-imagineering. Well, co-imagineering, yes. Sure. <laughs> um, Credit words. Co-imagineering this scenario, was there a particular part you were most excited to see how we handled? It really genuinely was the party. Yep. I think... Um, and you haven't, you haven't listened to that yet? I have not. Okay. That's next uh, next episode that's going to be published, actually. Because I, I distinctly remember we spent quite a bit of time going back and forth on how that scene would work. Okay, talk about that conversation. How did that go? I think we were concerned about creating realistic goals what in the situation while also not railroading. So there was a lot of trying to populate the party with interesting NPCs while giving a, a lot of space for you guys to play around and figure out interesting solutions. No, that, that's that's interesting. Like, so what were some, What do you remember anything that you kind of like edited out or pulled back on? No, in fact, I think it was the opposite direction. I think we built it up a lot. We had to build it up a lot bigger in order to make it be something, a big enough playground, really. Mm-hmm for you guys to play around in like you had to build the dreamscape for us you know (laughs) right Uh, we started like always you kind of start with an outline so the goal we know what the goal is there and then we had to figure out how to get you there but also give you the opportunity to get there in a a variety of ways or or Mm -hmm. to come up with your own solutions right so my understanding of the goal there was that we're we had a you know create a distraction on some you know until something happened so to speak or in case it was needed but from how you guys wrote it and chris how you sort of were handling the behind the scenes stuff within that was um was there like a timer of you know or, or some other mechanism to determine when rowan shenaniganry will really kick off like what were the variables in play or was it really just kind of like all right let's see what they can do for you know 20 minutes of record time and then we'll move on Hmm. that's a great question man is it 
Hey, Eric, that's the only good question I've ever asked. <laughs> that's true. And then it'll be the last. Don't take this so away let's from make me. The, let's make the best good. of it Sorry. here. Let's, let's use it. So, yeah, we, we didn't design a timer at all on purpose because, again, as John mentioned, we wanted to make sure y'all had plenty of opportunity to explore what we are setting up, to have full freedom of the scene, to, again, have every possible moment available to you to move and push the scenery into unexpected directions. Mm -hmm. Because that's what a- makes this shit fun. It's when people try to create conga lines constantly. Mm-hmm. It, it ends up with a you know a funny moment or when they meet a corporate executive that I make up randomly named Gary Korovac and end up murdering him. Um, or feeding him <laughs> drugs, lots and lots of drugs. Just so he goes crazy. Ecstasy, yeah. yeah, so those are the kinds of things we wanted to allow for. And it's a hard scene to run. And I think he even mentioned on air how stupid it is for a handler to write a party scene well, because of that. I think the important as- the mechanic that you had that really worked well with that was the the A team that was always on live feed and could interject at any moment and that that made tension for us as things were going on that we as characters couldn't predict and it, it was it, it was neat unique. Well, hopefully you felt that there was a direction through the kind of random scenes as each one of you worked through the party, a direction towards finding out that, oh my God, Rowan's actually still here. Yep. And that is not what Selef expected. They thought he was arriving to give a keynote speech. Right. It was all... Mwah. Chris, was there anything that was particularly challenging for you to handle that you recall in that? Yeah, that getting Marconi to show up on time is the most challenging thing okay. I have to handle. Hi, Marconi. Sweet. So I just, did you hear what I asked you? No. I asked you to comment on the fact that we were just talking about your vile murder of Gary Korvac, the executive for Blue Origin, to create a distraction during the party scene. And uh, if you uh, would like uh, to relay your first person kind of perspective on what happened to John Shields, who who wrote that, and even though he didn't really name Gary Korvac in his, in his Imagineering, he knew of his existence and does feel the pain of his death. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I feel like this comment is very pointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to bring a man to his peak. I was trying to get him to a place that a climax, you know, maybe was too high will. for him. Well, impalement yeah, is Yeah, I was trying peak, to get so. that, him to climax. Yes, thank you. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and instead, we, we, we suffered a, a terrible tragedy that will hold in our hearts forever. How many uh, but if he, children it, did he But if he tonight? nailed it, but if he nailed it, like that would have been pretty cool, right? I think it would have been worse because it would have been less of a distraction. <laughs> yeah, I think that Honestly. you're owning this in the wrong way. I think that you should be like. No, really... I, I like my. I might like my version better. <laughs> <laughs> Him fucking up that backflip is got to be one of the highlights of this entire podcast for me so far. That shit. Was I was destroyed emotionally. <laughs> I think, and only, only a way that Chris can. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> Had a long, hard night of the soul start. after that, huh? <laughs> Let's just say I wanted to die. Is that, <laughs> Finger guns. Is that fun? <laughs> still plenty of time for that, Marconi. Your character can still die. <laughs> We've got John here to give you. Maybe hints, maybe answer some questions about the greater mystery here that might be lingering among the group. Are there any plot points that you would like us to try to explore during this segment? Yeah, I've what got happens, yeah, John. So, <laughs> what happens? One was 
<laughs> one was related to, if I remember correctly, he had those like three women that he pulled in and was just showing them like creepy, violent. War yeah, war crimes, stuff like that. Was that, <laughs> was there more to that or was that just like, yeah, this guy's a creep. It's just how That's Shans what... get off, man. It is pretty much exactly how Shans get off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He's correct. That's what I figured. I figured it was more than that. He seemed like just like a creep who got put in the situation. Uh, he's a creep that got put in the situation? Hey, hey, listen. <laughs> we all miss him dearly. You know that we're not talking about the guy you killed anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Rowan Cook now. I know, who, I know. You sort of also killed, I guess, maybe tangentially? No, no. no. I don't he, think he did so. He not kill him. He, he took care of himself. You did. He did. We watched that video together. He usually does. <laughs> nice. Well done. Beautiful. So what was what was the weapon? I've been racking my, like, my feeble brains. As relates to other Is it a Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian creature properties? or is it something y'all created? It's it's something that we created. Originally it was something else. Um hmm. but Chris and what I was worked it originally it back and forth a little bit and decided on something a little bit more original in design. Um, originally, it was a Shugath. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would have been mm -hmm. way Would you have named it Charles? Because <laughs> it's in charge? No, but I like it. Because it would have been in charge. <laughs> sure. Oh, yes, and that. That's exactly it. That's exactly, That's exactly it. it. Yeah, we gravitated away from the Shugath because we needed y'all and Cell F to be completely at a loss about what you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And we also want, without going too much into the greater backstory here, which we cannot do on this segment, yeah. because this is the beginning sure. of a larger campaign. Oh, dang. We wanted to hint at what March, and March Technologies is up to, right? which is a new thing for the, well, not new, but an evolved direction, perhaps, mm -hmm. for at least one of their subsidiaries that may be responsible for what you encountered. So we're, we're, we're building a little bit here and we do want it to have some unexpected aspects. John, Chandler. And it was an angel, right? It was well, just it was like an, an angel. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the language of the angels, yeah. Y'all, I had to write so many timelines for this story that we're telling. <laughs> so look forward I, to it. I feel bad for you. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, there's so much going on. It just, yeah, I, I can imagine. This is only the tip of this particular iceberg. Yeah. Now, uh, is is this, since it's going to be like a, an arc, is this going to be us playing through Supernatural? Because I'm really stoked about that. I'm a big secret. I'm a Supernatural super fan. Dean girl, of course. Um, and there's a lot of angel and demon stuff there. And so, like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all are going to be a big old preternatural family, and you're going to deal with very scary things all the time. It'll be really okay. fun. Marconi, um, I and think... And then you'll later create a brewery near Austin. Oh, sick. That sounds cool. Marconi, I think that revelation is, like, the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that, you know, it gets really bad, but, man, it's a fun ride. You know what I mean? I have a question for the group. We did a lot of work, a lot of, sorry, a lot of uh, Imagineering mm -hmm, mm -hmm. around Cell F and bringing them to life for y'all. I'm interested in what each of y'all as players and characters thought of each member of Cell F. I think just in general, I think everyone, every member felt like real. Like they felt like they had their own inner motivations, external motivations, like 
they all felt like like real people, which was really cool and like kind of weird when you're playing a role playing game because you're always like, oh, this is the good guy or the bad guy, and you're just like, oh, this is just a guy, just like mm-hmm. me, you know. I don't know. I thought that was cool. I don't know if anyone else got that vibe. Yeah. I, for Paris, I can say the, the the cool trick that y'all pulled was was when he sat down at that table in the first scene, and he he violently distrusted Celeph. He's like, this is this is about to go very bad. But through the course of the through the course of the mission, he the character, at least the way I decided to play him, he started trusting them. He's like, okay, I'm starting to trust Cell F. Like through their actions, through the way they're talking, through the way they're working, you know, it's starting to make sense to him. And I don't know if that was by design or or, or what, but I thought that was that was that was a neat neat journey. I thought for for the character, for at least for my character, and the way he he responded to Cell F. I'm curious too for the players who have been with us the whole time uh, since the start of the cast. How do you feel about the reveal of F after their interventions in the past? Uh, well, Prentice has not dealt with players, so. not players. Know, but yeah. so me as a me as a player, I'm really enjoying it, and I kind of uh, while playing, I'm kind of like in Prentice mode, and it just didn't. It took me what like on the on live, I was just it clicked, and I was like, oh shit, this is so <laughs> so like suddenly it's like, fuck, dude. That was like a cool payoff moment in my head because it just finally clicked for me outside of the player aspect of it. We were finally face to face with these guys and they're not what I expected. Shan Hunters was like the furthest thing from my mind, <laughs> but it was really cool. Well, I think I could pull back the curtain a little bit there and say that that was not the original intention for F. No, definitely not. I mean, if y'all recall, your first encounter was a grenade, a fake grenade mm-hmm. in a green box, right? Yeah. And that is a tried and true random roll from the green box generator. And yeah, it's pretty fun to create a whole mega campaign that ties into the 1999 countdown mythos from just that random roll. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really get any of that until Chris pointed it out to me. But that's, I think, more of my intellectual failing than... Anything we also, you know, don't play week after week, so some of those details slide away since it wasn't the main thrust of the plot. right. But you know, if you're an once Easter egg, I, I will say, once I discovered or once it was pointed out to me, it, my intrigue grew given that there was kind of more than just discrete missions, you know. Mm-hmm. And in Gold Mongoose, you'll recall Snediger mm-hmm. tasked you from the program Elite to hunt down Cell F since they were potentially barging into your investigation i will recall Uh, nothing came of that thread because y'all didn't find anything out didn't report anything and it just kind of fell to the wayside but celf certainly did not end their interest in you so let me ask you this culminated with paris with i completely forgot that snediger link why then is he then tasking us to essentially work for them so the code name that he was familiar with is fabian he wasn't tasking you to work with a cell f I see. Oh, okay. And that—that that is again. These are all. You gotta listen back. You know, it's, yeah. it's gonna be impossible during play to pick up on that. Oh, and yeah. if you do listen back, hopefully you will. Especially when at the very end, Snedeker calls yeah. <laughs> Ryan up that was... and says, "Hey, I—I I think these guys are not for real. I think you guys are in danger. Get out of there." And it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's that moment where you realize Snedeker has been fooled, just like you have. Mic drop. <laughs> is Snedeker just a fucking rube? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody in the chain can be fooled, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. Mm. Dang, that's true. Mm-hmm. What would you call knowledge. that? A chain of fools? That's ridiculous. Chain, chain, chain. That's much better. <laughs> John Shields, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. When you listen to this, how invested are you in the individual characters versus sort of the unfolding of the the broader narrative you and Chris have co-imagineered? I mean, it's when I listen to this operation specifically. Uh, sure. I will say I'm, I tend to be more interested in where you guys are going within the confines of the story. So the story, I guess, first. Yeah, but the podcast in general, I am invested in the characters. But yeah, when when it's something that I helped write, I I do tend to focus down on what how you guys are interacting with it. I guess is the right way to say that. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, that was a really insightful question, by the way. That's two in a row. Thanks, mm-hmm. Marconi. Yeah, I'm I don't very believe surprised. that we're talking to actual Michael anymore. Yeah, something else is going on. Speaking of voice, speaking did of voice comp tests, is this a replicant of Michael? <laughs> Guys, no one is more surprised than me. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's coming out of your mouth and you're like just looking completely bewildered behind your mic. (laughs) He's got a shan in him. An insightful one. Thematically appropriate. Do you have a a favorite character, John? Amongst you guys? Yeah. Think carefully about how you answer I know. That's a difficult question. I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult. It it really isn't. (laughs) And not because it needs to be Ryan. Not because it needs to be Ryan. But it's because you definitely have a favorite, so just say it. <laughs> I mean, it has been Ryan, yes. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Oh, you're what so you surprised, like? aren't you, Ryan? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to hear it, of course, but like, I am curious. Of, <laughs> I, I, I'm never expecting that to be true. I've never met a fan before. Yeah, I've never <laughs> met anybody who likes me. That's because Michael doesn't go on the Discord where everybody constantly talks about Ryan. Like, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous man. That is ridiculous correct. man. Who, no one listens to me. Yeah, everybody fucking wants to know what's happening next with your, your bullshit, dude. I don't. You got good bullshit, it, Chris. Oh, uh, come on, come on. We're all adults here. You can be honest yeah. with yourself. Um, <laughs> I think you had a really good question about Severn, Eric. Yes, I did have a question. So whose idea was was naming it Severn Hyper because I had a little nerdgasm when you first revealed that. Ew, did you clean it up? No, I left it. It's just just (laughs) drying there on the counter. (laughs) But it never dries. No. It It never dries. Nerdgasms are famously wet. (laughs) Very, very wet. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, really gross, guys. I mean, you know, obviously it was always Severn. I think the name Severn Hyper was mine. Mm, absolutely, it was yours, okay. dude. That's 100%. Yeah, I think that's part Can of one of the many timelines I wrote. <laughs> What's the significance of it? Uh, I literally just wanted to... Oh, so Severn in broad strokes or the significance of the name? This version. Yeah, Michael doesn't know the, so, the mythos. Yeah. Severn is the aerospace company started in England by the Shan in order to help them get off the planet. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and literally uh, Severn is basically the uh, Ramsey Campbell equivalent of Arkham. So it's a made-up place where all this stuff happens. There's that. Where the okay. Shans come from, where uh, Glocky is, and, and so it's his kind of like take on a mythos zone. The Severn Hyper name is just modernization into the modern era of I thought it sounded cool. It does. I mean, it does sound cool. 
because it used to just be called Severin Hyperspace or Severin uh, Aerospace. Yeah, right. yeah. which Hyper's is way better, much way more better. boring. I enjoyed creating the logo because it's basically just the straight up temple ship, like in front of everybody, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> flaunting, flaunting alien technology. Like the UN flag flaunting flat earth to us. <laughs> exactly like that, yeah. How you dare created they? a logo for an audio medium, Chris? <laughs> well, as the audience knows, and, and our Discord followers know, Chris shares all of his Psychic. Creations. He has a psychic bond with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Which he will someday share this, I'm sure, when we're, if we ever finish. His epic, his injunction. Yeah, I don't know if I can release this this manuscript until we get a little farther into this larger campaign. So yeah, Chris, do you feel like this is yours and John is lucky to be even included? Are you talking about John Stecker or John Shields? Shields, either. <laughs> I feel very lucky. To be this is this is this is like really. I think the most fifty fifty effort that John and I have have worked on to to really imagine something anew instead of just a one-off. Like, that's what Crown Jubilee was. Um, as, as much as we loved working on that, I think um, each one of us had maybe a, an outweighed contribution in various parts, yeah. but this, this was very much 50-50 all the way through. This is, a, this is something special and we really hope everybody enjoys where it goes. Is the entirety of it complete or are you still at work? Oh, hell no. Nah. Imagineering. Would you agree that Chris has only done fifty percent, John? Yeah. I don't know. I'll take fifty percent. <laughs> I'll count it. Well, he's giving it. Sounds like pretty generously. It is pretty generous. <laughs> is there another fifty percent available? Chris is always nice because I'll take that. Uh, yeah. So one hundred and fifty percent of this was <laughs> written by the three of us. For the record, what are we percentaging now? The the additional fifty percent is all NFTs though that I'll be releasing later tonight. Fuck yeah. uh, oh, that's sick. That's awesome. Chris, I think the I think the word is. I hope minting. they're like drawings of you guys. You know, drawings. Also, just just so we're not Draw- to not to not to ruin the whole joke here, <laughs> okay. but you're gonna have to go back, Chris, and censor every mention of the word imagineering. That is a Disney trademark. So I was afraid of Well, we don't actually get paid, so what are they going to take from us? Yeah, what they going to do? Fair. Disney also, lawyers will take everything from you. Right. Okay. He said it if in we parody. Get, if we get sued was... by Disney, so be it. Sorry, Just honey, I have to take this. Ahead, this is a guys. fully owned subsidiary of Disney. Parody, 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 parody. Can we get Hannah Montana to write one of the missions. Oh, That's Coney the other 50%. percent. <laughs> you just guessed it. comes in like a wrecking ball. It's all good. That's 200%. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. So we're all here. We've got a chance to ask any plot point questions that might still be lingering. We did. You said uh, you like, weren't going to tell us. I said, I said you about know, the others. <laughs> we, have to, we have to stay within certain bounds. But if there are any like questions about the plot, things that happened, things that may not have happened, choices that were made, now's the time, guys. Uh, well, I have an ins- time to bring them out. I have an inspiration question. The... The description of how the bodies were found that we see, you know, you describe them Mm -hmm. as these metal flowers and and gore. And I'm curious, you know, in my mind, I was I was going back to the the Hellraiser series is kind of where Mm -hmm. I was where I was putting my my headspace when I was listening to you describe that. What was the inspiration for that kind of art description slash gore? So that that was my contribution. And John, you got it right on the news. That is 100 percent Clive Barker. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that part. That was every time that, that happened. It was, yeah, it was, was that, very unique. Is that what got you going? I mean, I was already going. 
Uh, that's what helped me. That's what helped get me there. Did you nerdgasm? Yeah. And how wet was Speaking it? of nerdgasm, <laughs> I got really into like just diving into Clive Barker's Hellraiser lore. Like it's a lot. There's way more than I thought it was. Oh yeah, yeah. you can always yeah. count on Clive Barker to go too, too deep. <laughs> that's why I like Clive Barker. <laughs> I'm ready to look way into too the far. Void. Hey, did you guys know that Clive Barker is a human? Nah. nah and know. not a dog. I don't know. I, was, I don't know anything about him, so I was just trying. Marconi, to Marconi, where are you from? I mean, me? Yeah. Oh, I was just dropped a lot. Nothing to do with anything. No, no, no. In terms um, of like how you like, I can't place like your accent. I moved around a lot, so I and like, I have like really bad ADHD, so like I absorb people's accents as I travel. Uh, a famous uh, ADHD quality. Yeah. The absorption of so accents. it's just all over the place. <laughs> You're the accent version of Rogue from the X-Men. Pretty cool. Oh, that's the coolest way to it's gross, uh, describe you to my to mental that. illness I've you ever do, heard. You do have to touch them. It but gets that real is weird. It works, he puts his so. hands in your mouth. Yep, gotta feel the tongue. Gotta feel the tongue when it moves. <laughs> that's important. That's part of it. Just let me do my thing. And then I can nerdgasm. <laughs> um, what, what would have happened if I stayed up there or... or I, did, I didn't look over during all the lightning, you know, and the Hellraiser stuff. Would I have been toast if I looked up? It depends. Your sanity check would have remained, but the penalties for both succeeding and failing would have been steeper because you would have watched this child's floating shadow turning people inside out into tortured versions of themselves from the Cenobite dimension. Mm -hmm. So okay. that So good have, things. You know, you you still took a bit of a hit there because you're in the middle yeah. of just scores of party goers, in some cases, tactical members of, of the FBI, HRT and, and SWAT team members of, of the police. You're hearing scores of them be turned into something impossible and the pain is excruciating. And that is something that Agent Tiberius will carry with him forever. Again, if you had had your <laughs> eyes open, if you, if you weren't, you know, kind of just, <laughs> kind of looking through your eyelashes at some of this stuff, it would have been worse. It would have been a lot worse. <laughs> but I did squint. I you did squinted, squint. So that helps, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for making uh, that trauma come back immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, during that time, I had my eyes closed, like picturing myself behind that bar as this like hell, this like demon-esque like murder spree is happening and I mean, I guess I was right. That's that's exactly what you were trying to portray. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for those those scars. <laughs> but Tiberius made it through, and he even was able to potentially save the life of a young female bartender. That was pretty cool. You got it, three experience is points. Is she going to wake up with all oh, those nightmares yeah. in her bed, not knowing what the fuck just happened? Yeah, but she's going to have a Shrek mask on, so she's like really confused. That's really dope. <laughs> uh, and that's going to like throw her off of the whole thing. Absolutely. Delta Green has some mysterious ways. John Shield, so, I have a question for you. Oh, so Delta Green killed her is what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. <laughs> so they didn't take my Shrek mask idea. No. I mailed it to them. <laughs> they did, but it's just the leaders of Delta Green wearing Shrek, Shrek mask now. Yep. Oh, that's, Around that's worse. Around a shadowed like table under one lone spotlight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's exactly like an Evangelion, except they're all wearing Shrek masks. I get it. <laughs> Michael, what's your question? I'm not saying this does happen or doesn't happen, but if 
one of our characters was to not make it through the end of this particular campaign or this this operation i should say who do you think it was most likely to be and how did they go well that's an interesting question you know so no, go ahead chris no no i think that was actually directly directed at you yes so i need to shut the fuck up um i mean yeah chris chris knows what happens then if that's true then um retribution is sweet for the death of jeff <laughs> no <laughs> and that's great what if it's like marconi's character had nothing to do with it well then that's a little sad but marconi would have killed jeff too i know him well enough yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i just don't like the name so to be honest, <laughs> who, d- who dies and how do they who die you <laughs> Jeff, it was Jeff. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume they die. I don't know, honestly. I assume they die to the to our uh, shadowy child. But oh my god, do they do their souls go into some cinepod, cinepod, uh, world uh, where they get tortured forever? Where pleasure is pain like and pain Hellraiser? is pleasure. Chris, yes. Next, Next question. question. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, good to know. Next question. <laughs> We had what was, I mean, I think we all agree it was probably like a realm shift, right? Mm-hmm. How, how much magic ability did what's her face have, Francis? How, how, like, I can't, I can't go into that too yeah. much. Okay. It's going to be a major facet of your next few scenes Dope. and potentially go into some further adventures. But it is very clear that she was speaking in Latin. She cut her own throat and then she begged you to put a stop to Rowan Cook right. after everything changes. And guess what? Everything changed. Yeah, but, but is she but like a sorcerer, a wizard, <laughs> you know, a monk? Like, which class? What was under which, the... Which, actually? What was under which. the... Uh, which, under which, the which. Cool, cool, cool. Chaotic neutral. If it wasn't apparent from her story on the rooftop... No, I, which, I, I don't believe her. <laughs> uh, which you know we should talk about that scene on the rooftop because that was a, that an interesting one for good. Delta Green. But um, she was burnt badly. We've all been burnt badly. What a- I think that we collectively deserve a kudos on withholding our snark during the rooftop scene. I pulled a muscle trying not to <laughs> say some bullshit. <laughs> it was very difficult to not. Did a vein in your head pop? I mean, there's so many good opportunities. But we, I mean, we played Chris, it, we Chris played has it straight. A, a good ability to inflect with his voice when something's important and t- tells us to shut the fuck up. I don't know if I, I would credit that... it to Chris. Oh, you don't? Okay. And I also have a good ability to edit all that snark out. That's so that's a true. typical thing I do. <laughs> but I didn't want to. Yeah, kill I think it, it was all me <laughs> and my own willpower that kept me from just being the monster that I want to be. <laughs> that's how I, I was I feel super, too. super pleased that each one of you shared in your own way during that scene i i didn't I, i'll be honest i didn't expect everybody to participate but i was really happy y'all did who did you uh, expect to so not participate i actually just didn't expect everybody to participate so getting 100 percent of the players to jump in and be a part of that scene was uh for me a really good payoff um after writing that with john yeah, i hope everybody enjoyed that because i thought that was a really interesting idea that's not usually in a delta green Allowing everybody. I thought um, it was a very good pace shift. Yeah, everybody a chance to get to know everybody before everything falls apart. Absolutely, and humanize some of the uh, NPCs as they as we watch them die. <laughs> now we know their stories, and their stories die with us. Right. 
Now you see. It, now you feel some, things. Sort of psychosis yeah. come over Ford for him to like just barge on in because that feels like a very mm-hmm. like has not survived a lot of things type of move. Well, he's coming up against somebody who's probably had a hard on for killing for a long time. Say again? Is my feeling about that? Did it, like he was disobeying orders because he had a hard on for killing. What's his face? You're both. You're both correct, actually. Hmm. So Aha. Ford is. I think it's impossible that Eric is correct. Needs. <laughs> he needs. He needs to put it into this monster. And so when he saw his chance, he sprung at it. He's like, "Oh shit! He's in that room. I'm really close to that room. I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna get it done. We're gonna end this right now because I I can just do it." He's an incredibly capable operator, and so that's the decision he made. So that that is part of his trauma. Beautiful. It cost him his life, unfortunately. Uh, so he, he never tells a story, but did you write him one for sharing around the fire? or? No, no, no. he won't share. Cool. He's too, nice he's too stoic good, for that shit. Good out, Chris. Good out. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I wrote a whole backstory for him, so there's no out for me. So it's there for the manuscript when it's published. Beautiful. That is the, uh, the weird thing about writing Delta Green, is that there's so much information that you have to come up with that nobody ever learns. Yep. <laughs> Except for other Except handlers. Except for other handlers. <laughs> yep. What yep. was your favorite NPC in this one, Chris? Gary Kovac. Out of Cell F or just in general? In general. In the op of Operation Gefell. I liked both Rowan Cook the Third and Rowan Cook the Fourth quite a bit. Um, I know they didn't have much screen time, but I enjoyed envisioning both of them. They're different psychotic issues in trying to play that well. So are they clones or what? About. Twins? What's what's going on there? It's a simpler it's a simpler answer. It's something that is practiced with lots of important people in our world pretty consistently, which is doubles. Lame. Like Saddam. <laughs> exactly like, like Saddam. Saddam. He had he had what? Like seven of them, I think. Like I know Pretty Putin dope. has a double digit number of doubles out there. Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> and it's like an open secret. It's not yeah. even like a secret. <laughs> oh, every 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 world leader does that. Including our own, so yeah. Huh. Oh dang. Well, that's How many Dark Brandon do you have, is like Joe Joe Biden's clone? Yes, one hundred by Dan. Yep. Okay. Do you have cool. a lot of doubles, Chris? Well, You're talking to one right now. My doubles are are more akin to the, the science fiction aspects that were first touched upon. Um, I don't have like a government sponsored casting call that goes out to find people who look like me. I I use more esoteric means. You you packed your own apartment kind of double. Like yes. you couldn't get your double to do it. Correct. Next question. Do the listeners know that you're homeless? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I set this up in the back of a of a Quiznos, and yeah. uh, whenever I need so, to record, listeners, please uh, uh, sound baffling. Please feel free to it's sound baffling from the sourdough. support if you know what I mean. Are there I'm, still? I'm are you to, trying to get Quiznos, so, the failing sub company? To are there still Quiznos? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just trying to get. Chris they do food. still exist. Just very hobbled god why do i know so much weird lore about fast food they did hire like that guy who made the funny like youtube videos to do their commercials so maybe they'll hey quiznos what's up y'all y'all want some give us some sponsorship money huh don't don't that's that's gross now they're not gonna do well, it now they have yeah, to do it like, too like you advice. you showed your hand dude well yeah, you gotta my hands are back. covered in nerdgasm so that's on them yikes all right, gentlemen, any other questions before we tie up for the evening? We've got John Shields here. He's got all the answers in that big old noggin. Wait, who's John wanna, Shields? I'm sorry. <laughs> do you want to want to ask anything else? Or, yes. Or are we so going to talk more about Quiznos franchise opportunities, which we can do offline? Uh, I'd John, rather take that I mean, online. Was there anything that 
you we didn't ask you that you if you're being your most not humble self <laughs> would want us to have asked you about i am curious because i i don't know yet what happened to that sword mm. sword cane yeah she well, i think she that we'll respond it. how chris has responded mm. you'll have can't to wait tell you. until the world ends <laughs> john we don't know the ultimate fate of the sword will be revealed in our next set of scenes which we haven't recorded gotcha. yet. is that sword Ooh. cane a famous sword cane that may exist in other campaigns of games absolutely it is Dope. and in fact if you a character of mine relate it to her it. <laughs> if you relate it to her backstory you'll know exactly what it is it is a well-documented yep. artifact beautiful i'm really sorry what sword her sword cane whose when yeah, she Francis slices it, throw it open. I assume she slices it with yeah. a sword. Sword cane. Well, I guess sword yeah. cane. Jesus. No, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for listening. We are so thankful that you continue to uh, tune into this bullshit. As long as you do, we'll keep recording it. Thank you again, John. Thank you for joining oh, us. So I look forward to writing more yeah. and more in the same vein of this campaign as we expand it. And Wait, to John. my players, thank you for playing. Yes. Chris, Operation Goodfellow. Chris, don't end it yet. <laughs> what do you have, buddy? Because that was a good ending. That was pretty good. That was great. And you recorded it, and you can always edit out my set of audio. It's better be good. It's better um, be good. It's better be fucking amazing. John. What is yes. something, John. John Shields? <laughs> yes. What is something that you respect most about Chris and his work style? Honestly, Chris's organization is top, top, tip top, tip top. I am not a very organized person when it comes to this kind of stuff. I kind of write in a fever, and Chris does a very Remember. good job of keeping it in a in a, a way that you can come back to it and understand where you were, which is not always my strong suit. <laughs> okay, Chris, a quick follow-up. How disappointed mm -hmm. are you in that answer? Uh, actually, I was extremely happy and satisfied with it because I think that's what makes a good partnership is the two sides of the spectrum when it comes to creativity. So you're saying John's on the spectrum. Why, got it. I think that's why John and I work well together. It's because we complement each other's uh, flaws and, and uh, strengths. Beautiful. It's very sweet. You guys do work well together. All right, y'all. We're signing off. Okay. Until next time. Be seeing you. Thanks, guys. Bye.